welcome to another episode of Alchemist Podcast, which is an extension of my blog, Alchemist in the Making. So today I am joined by Bella, or Isabella Alvarado, again. Hi everyone, so, nice to be back. <laughs> welcome back, Bella. So she was a guest on my second episode of Alchemist in the Podcast, where we literally went on a detour about mm-hmm. anything and everything related to architecture and our interests. Mm-hmm. But today we have a more specific topic on the fate infamous... Kanye West and his involvement. Ooh, I'm <laughs> oh, no, I'm <laughs> his infamous involvement with architecture and using homes and obviously his involvement with design throughout. Not just only that, there are a lot of issues raised up when we look into Kanye's involvement with architecture in the world of design, mainly because he does draw a lot of parallels with other celebrities who have branches into design but before we start a little quick disclaimer saying that we do know that Kanye West is a musician and he did start off his career with music in the industry however today we are going to try and keep our detour to a minimum Mm. (laughs) to his involvement with architecture and other topics that we will be discussing such as gatekeeping and potentially the implications and the glorification of architecture as well Mm -hmm. so now that we've started what are your opinions on the Yeezy architecture, or should we just give a quick background? I mean, like, firstly, in general, I mm-hmm. actually am a fan of Kanye West. That's I good. think there is some, you know, he doesn't have bad taste, but I think he's sort of a scapegoat when it comes to, like, the way architects talk about their industry and the relationship with people who are not part of that industry. Mm. So um, I think it's going to be a really good podcast. Yeah, I'm yeah. excited too, because... Personally, I don't know much about Kanye West, so I grew up with a very, you can say, very old school type of music, so I only listened to very much Nat King Cole, Celine Dion, Hava, etc, etc. Nice, yeah. nice. Those were the CDs my parents have in the car and I uh-huh. listened to them over and See. over. So my knowledge of Kanye, apart from his designs, involvement with design in design magazines that has been written about him, is really two songs, perhaps, or even three. So Power, that's mm-hmm. probably one of my favourites. And then the other one was One Sang in Victoria's Secret Fashion Show as well. So they had like the whole oh, like stronger. Theme. Yes, that one. Yeah. Yeah. So that <laughs> was really good tie-in with oh, that yeah. theme. And then his other one, which was, I think it was called I Like It or had the repetition of I oh, Like It. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Very infamous. Uh-huh. And if you read about the backstory of it on Genius. Uh, oh, yeah, so after that song was released, Pornhub gave him an unlimited subscription, like That's a lifetime hilarious. subscription. <laughs> I don't even bat an eye to that. <laughs> yeah, I know. So I'm just like, so that's my only knowledge of okay, Kanye West. Fair really. I've always been a fan of Kanye. Like, I've always had adventurous taste in music. Uh-huh. So my favorite album is probably My Beautiful This Dark Twisted Fantasy. Yeah, yeah, that um, one. Which was also, so I remember watching you, MTV as like I don't know a 16 year old and like mm. during the my beautiful doctors and fantasy phase he was talking about design and he was talking about his stage set design which I actually thought was really really nice it was to the song runaway which just has a simple like piano beat and mm. then the entire stage was just like one led screen mm. and then he was talking about how he got this architect named Rem Coolhouse to design it 
That was actually my first introduction to like OMA in Rumpel House. Oh, really? That's really cool. Embarrassing. No, it's not embarrassing. (laughs) I only got introduced to OMA like when I started studying architecture. I watched MTV. (laughs) (laughs) We all get there in the end. Yeah, architecture never really goes any, like, never stays in one spot. Mm -hmm. It gets involved with everywhere. And Mm -hmm. it's fascinating because. For those who don't know, Kanye has always had an interest in design throughout growing up. So he was always drawn to like writing, painting, poetry, etc, etc. And I think a lot of people disregard that, especially when he keeps talking about his interest in working in design. Mm -hmm. So for this podcast especially, I actually did a lot of research on Dazeem's tag basically for Kanye West because it's just fascinating that there's a huge archive of his involvement with our industry. Mm-hmm. And so to hear that his design, the reason why he continued to try and branch off is because of his frustration where his role of design is kind of boxed into merchandising for his music, which mm-hmm. I think is a very interesting comment in its right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he was saying one time that like, he was frustrated because the only way he can get into fashion is was if he made t-shirts. And that's uh. like all people were taking serious for was just t-shirts. Uh. Yeah. But like I think to think to say that t-shirt, it is a starting point actually. And so when he first tried to launch his label in 2005, Donda, he actually did approach architects to help him design mm-hmm. his stuff. So then it actually shows that he has this strong connection with architecture, like this strong interest, mm-hmm. which I find fascinating that for somebody who decided to major in English, even though he didn't finish his degree and such, but I would love to know the reasons why he didn't study architecture even though he loved architecture or mm-hmm. he still loves it but why didn't he mm-hmm. approach that I mean well music versus architecture architecture is very visual mm-hmm. and spatial so is music but it's more language and hearing mm-hmm. so I think as a rapper it actually like kind of makes sense why he studied English because yeah. that'll be the tools of his trade yeah but in terms of his like interest it's gonna make me sound like i just like i'm on instagram all day just watching (laughs) videos of this family but like (laughs) i know recently there was a video of his daughter north rapping to one of his yeezy shows yes paris and it was clearly a nehemiah building he had chosen a nehemiah building for his set Mm. for his show so i don't think he has bad taste i think he He's kind of knowing what he's talking about. I don't yeah. think he's completely insane. Yeah. But, um, yeah. I think he brought up there's a lot of interest in architecture. While he's, well, he was already very exposed to the world of design the moment he stepped into the music industry, I think, because it seems like he has that incentive or he had that incentive and drive to approach that many people. So, mm. like, he was quoted on saying that he hangs around five architects at a time, which mm. is incredible at the same time I do envy that I'd love to be at a breakfast table and just listen to all these architects have these conversations mm-hmm. that's such a luxury just be like oh I want to hang out with five architects yeah not many people get to do that it's not it's it's still within a very highbrow level yeah. of culture and society it's not a layman's average activity no not to mention I wonder if the people he's been hanging around with asked architects because I think that there is some kind of level of disparity between architects, architects and designers who are aspiring to go to become Mm -hmm. architects Mm -hmm. and I think that itself poses a problem 
which I guess brings onto the timeline of gatekeeping, right? Mm-hmm. That because architects are put on a pedestal quite often, mm-hmm. as it seems by Kanye, that I think it makes me question if we're going to be elevating them so much, then does that mean that there has become a community of people who don't really enjoy the things that we say? Mm-hmm. At the same time, there's that irony of saying that when we go to a lecture presentation, when an architect speaks, everybody falls silent and listens to them. But how much of that change or impact that person has spoken, does that stay in word format or does that happen physically mm-hmm. as well? Yeah, that's a really good way to put it because it's kind of like there's one thing to be to have values and speak of them like really well, but it's another thing to actually see those values transpire into someone else mm-hmm. that they can actually use those tools. So I really liked the word gatekeeping that you said because I think we are very precious about our industry. Mm. And when someone who is a musician, let alone a rapper, comes in and says they want to jump into it, it's we almost ask our question ourselves, like, well, why am I going to school when it's so easy for someone to come here and say they want to do housing alternatives for homeless people? Yeah, I think um, speaking of homeless people, I only noticed this after reading about our Kanye's involvement with Harvard University in 2013 where he talked about that he believed that the world can be saved through design and everything needs to actually be architect right I think his word was architected which is not a word I don't know it did not appear as a red line when I typed that on my oh really yeah so I think it might actually be an actual word perhaps but we've just never been taught it. Yeah. So, architected. Yeah, I don't know if I feel comfortable about that. So, there was this quote by one of the readers on that Dazine article, which we'll put in the notes later. But she talked about how Brad Pitt started communicating his interest in design and even embarking on design projects, and yet, architecture community largely dismissed his interest and efforts as a celebrity and who has nothing to contribute to design. And then now with Kanye, we also have a celebrity risen to fame in an industry different from design, but whose input in design nevertheless being considered in a similar way as Denise Scott Brown is on the rhetoric of racial discrimination and inequality in our industry. I see this as very hypocritical. So like you've got this true disparity, but I think it's because of who his ethnicity is. Mm-hmm gives another layer of debate and that mm-hmm. given that we're in now in a society where everything is becoming quite politically correct and people are now having more platforms to raise their voice in we have this very I don't know when we look back at it it's like then did we have the right to criticize Brad Pitt as harshly mm-hmm. when as looking at the way we criticize Kanye West mm-hmm. as well mm-hmm. so like to just let the listeners know I only found out about this recently but uh, in 2008, after Hurricane Katrina devastated that uh, town, I think it was New Orleans. And so he came there and he was so shocked by the devastation that he pulled in with architects <coughs> together and then designed all these innovative homes who are like, going to be more sustainable, energy efficient, etc., etc., for these people who were really grateful. But 10 years later, these houses are actually crumbling and decaying. And on top of that, some people are actually forced to sign an NDA to prevent them from talking about how they mm-hmm. have to pour in money to fix these houses. Mm-hmm. 
And so I don't know why I went into this mm-hmm. track, but so my question is when Kanye produced these homes, I wonder if his prototypes, those shelters, homeless shelters that was made to look like Star Wars ones, mm-hmm. if there were homeless people who lived in there, then would it have a similar parallel to the situation what Brad Pitt is mm-hmm. going has gone through? I very much doubt it. Like I think it was that prototype was built in Calabasas, mm-hmm. which is like there are no homeless people. There. <laughs> there are people with too many homes there. Uh, um, yeah. So for his for himself to like label it as a prototype for homeless shelters, I think it's kind of a really weak effort. Yeah. And, and also the difference between Brad Pitt and Kanye is that Brad Pitt was responding to an actual crisis. Mm. It almost just... I, I don't understand where Kanye is coming from mm. with the desire to build these shelters for the homeless yeah that is I mean that true. isn't to say that he can't build an actual successful prototype but I do think it is sort of a weak start to it yeah I mean the things that Brad Pitt and Kanye have in power that like have in common that architects don't is like power and influence like mm. Architects are really powerless. Even if they wanted to do something, they'd have to go through so many hoops to do that. Yeah. Where with celebrities like these two, they they can bypass that. So, like, why discredit that? Mm, I think it's also the amount of money that they've got. Like, mm. given that we know that Brad Pitt had enough money, the connections, as well as his likability in the media, that it is also used as a step, as a marketing ploy to... Mm market themselves not saying that they're bad people mm-hmm. they're doing it out of good intentions yeah. to make it successful whereas on the other hand i think kanye's use of homelessness i th- do agree with you that it is a weak point but i also think that homelessness has actually always been one of the main attractive factors for a lot of architects to mm-hmm. be drawn to because mm-hmm. i'm gonna admit my first proposal when i did the uni pre-selection kit was Mm -hmm. actually targeting people to sleep on the street so it was like oh what about using basements and making Mm -hmm. it more comfortable for people to purely sleep in Mm -hmm. but at that point now that I've done enough studies that I know that's not realistic and practical in itself Mm -hmm. because even if we try and live with them and be them for a couple of days Mm -hmm. because we do know in the back of our hand that we still have that privilege of having a roof over our heads Mm -hmm. it's very hard for us to understand their way of living yeah and yet a lot of us still have this I guess optimism and idealism to Uh design that which I think he has been gravitated towards Mm -hmm. yeah I mean I actually know quite a bit about the homeless system because my dad worked as a chef for St. Vinny's Mm. at Osnham House, which is like a men's shelter. And a lot of money goes into homeless shelters to be built and like accommodation. And a lot of volunteers show up. Mm. The only problem my dad can genuinely see is there's there's no organization and no system. So I actually don't even think that architecture is like desire to end homelessness, even Mm. though in the term homelessness means you have no home. Mm. I think there is like definitely the infrastructure, but there's just no warrant to organize it in a way that is fully effective because it is a really complex issue. Yeah. Like the psychology behind a lot of these people is they don't want to be helped. Yeah. Like you try and help them and a lot of them, don't want to because there's sort of a shame behind it and that's very hard to understand I can only really 
like say this on behalf of someone who has seen them every day and has spoken to them as well Mm -hmm. so I always think it's like not even within the realm of architecture to talk about homelessness at least here in Melbourne I'm very much like saying something that is through the experience of someone who lives and works in Melbourne like anywhere else I'm sure it's a different answer yeah it's a it's a complex topic in itself and I think it's just that it's a very interesting one Mm -hmm. that Kanye start off with and how that it started off with being the prototypes that ended very quickly because going back now to how we discussed about how Kanye has the power and such he still has that type of limitations where he first experienced the powers of the architect Mm -hmm. so where the council said that even though you say these structures are temporary they look very permanent because of his choice in material so For those who haven't seen those shelters, it was composed of timber and concrete. So I don't know whether it was because the concrete was poured on site or was a precast concrete. But given that he used that material that is Mm -hmm. deemed permanent, he had to demolish it. Yeah. And I think it's such a waste because not only it's a waste of materials, Mm -hmm. but a waste of labor. But Mm -hmm. it's like you're promoting additional problems to this topic that we're having Mm -hmm. right now that the glorification of that is not good so which also sounds like he's not willing to take the entirety of the architecture discourse and discussion because he wants to choose one certain facet Mm -hmm. which if you're interested in design and only that that is completely okay like architecture can branch off into very many different types and fashions of course but like you shouldn't guilt someone to just be like oh it's just about the building the way it looks like people have their own sort of way or journey through this industry you know that concrete thing I feel like someone should have just told him you can't recycle concrete I mean you can recycle plaster and plaster is also like it sucks in CO2 so that would have also have been a really beneficial alternative Mm. and I did see a photo of the demolished prototypes and it's a lot of material just wasted. So, yeah, once again, I think weak effort, but I'm not going to, like, discredit him for... No, we shouldn't. ...trying to talk about something which everyone is allowed to talk about. It's not like we should be gatekeeping yeah. our opinions. And I think, like, our community, unfortunately, does a lot of that, even just by the terms we have when mm-hmm. we first studied architecture, because first year for us was already building the foundation of knowing what the terms are, except... It's not like we've written a dictionary about it. And so when we talk to other people, it's like we're also trying to prevent them from trying to understand our terms. Mm -hmm. So I sometimes like to think about like how do architecture enthusiasts, sounds a bit condescending, but how did they learn to understand our terms or how did they become exposed to it in a way that they don't feel like they're being barred from our community as well? Mm -hmm. Because as we were discussing earlier, that there seems to be this glow, this aura about architecture that it looks like we place them high on top when mm-hmm. in reality, a lot of us are still learning every day. Mm-hmm. Like maybe the stock techs have people who help them give them the terms and such or they've been in the industry long enough to have like a brain that and it says, I know the contracts, I know the writings and such, but mm-hmm. not everybody knows that. Mm-hmm. And so because we don't expose the workings of it and only show in the idealistic of blueprints and, mm-hmm. like, you're going to create this amazing house and such that I think 
that's where it stops mm-hmm. but not showing the hard works of it is like are we also trying to conceal like i don't know our pride and all towards mm-hmm. the audience as well yeah i think a really kind of simple example of this disparity between gatekeeping our mm-hmm. knowledge it's like if you ever travel with someone to a new place who doesn't know that much about architecture mm. and then you spend your time like taking photos of corridors and details and all of that and them not understanding mm. and then you're kind of just like oh i'm just not gonna like converse to my friend and, and explain like oh this is my interest this is like why i think this handrail is really really cool mm-hmm. instead of like maybe you might be thinking like oh they just won't understand it like oh it's just a knocky thing like i don't think that's true i think like everyone can appreciate something if you have an open discourse about that yeah yeah yeah, that would be true. I would personally, like, I'd love to see the future of Easy Homes mm-hmm. because I wonder what type of architecture Such a terrible name, though. Yeah, I mean, like, yes. You such can... a god complex, Easy Homes. <laughs> like, no, if, like, I'm buying it, it's my home. Yeah, Easy. It sounds, it, did he, okay, enlighten me. Did he choose the term Easy because it sounds, like, easy? Um, I think ye. Yeezy came from Yeezus. Yeezy is a play on Yeezus, which is a play on Jesus and Kanye. Like, uh, yay and jingles. It has a total god complex, which, you know, a lot of architects do as well. So there's, yep. like, that, there's that combination. Yeah, it really does show uh, putting architecture to it. Yeah. I don't know, but what else will we call it? West Homes. West <laughs> <laughs> Homes sounds like Metricon Homes yeah, or something. I, like, I think that already exists. <laughs> I swear, I think that exists. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Like, what happens? So would Easy Homes be like, I don't know, a boutique service? Would it be like I employ an architect and how much involvement would Kanye uh-huh. be a part of for the whole service situation? Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, it's like, uh, how dedicated is he going to be in the project? So, for example, if I'm going to say, I want this, mm-hmm. but he's going to be like, no, 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 you have to have that like this. Mm. And it's, I can see that happening. Yeah. Which is like, then it wouldn't be a client-designer relationship, would it? No, it wouldn't be. Because I do know that in one of the articles that uh, was written about him, so Forbes magazine has written about him, where they talked about how he is very quote-unquote obsessed so Mm -hmm. even he actually played a key role to his wife so Kim Kardashian's design like for visual identity or branding identity Mm -hmm. for her products as well so she would always go to him Mm -hmm. as like the point of contact for the designs I see that stay I don't know I stay away from the Kardashians purely It's a really oh, stupid reason. <laughs> I know. But, but like I can't help myself. Like, I, I love to hate them. Really? I also really love them really? for some reason. I think this is what reality TV does to you. Like I watch so many trash TV shows and mm-hmm. I just can't take my eyes away. Mm-hmm. But I think because Kim Kardashian, we share the same first name, different mm-hmm. spelling, guys. And so I've just stayed away from it because I know they're really smart people in terms mm-hmm. of playing the empire and like mm-hmm. how addicted we are to mm-hmm. social media, etc., etc. But yeah, I've stayed away from it. But like the amount of publicity stunts that they've been involved in. So, for example, the one that I'll never forget was the trademarking of kimono. Oh, right. Yeah. So I'm like, 
did Kanye play a part in it? Because Kanye um, is very in tune with the Japanese culture, so it seems, or the mm-hmm. way he's portrayed himself to be. So I wonder mm-hmm. if he had some kind of involvement in that. Probably. Unless I'm reading too much into it. but Probably, or she kind of just, like, saw, always knew that Kimono had her name in it. Mm. I, I think the mayor of Kyoto, like, wrote to her and was like, that's really kind of not we're not okay with that it's slightly uncomfortable for us to yeah do that. and yeah. so that'll be interesting yeah so like it'll be interesting if like kanye does become very very involved with easy homes which mm-hmm. i would be looking forward to in the future and then on top of that it's like who is he directing this market towards because i don't know his popular like his fan demographics but i do know that somehow whatever he says and does a lot of people do buy into it Mm -hmm. so i wonder if he does consider that and perhaps have different levels of expenses Mm -hmm. when it comes to easy home design so Mm -hmm. is he going to offer like i don't know uh like concept service Mm -hmm. uh drafting service etc etc i think it like i think i don't know the boundary of his influence kind of doesn't come through like i think it'll trickle down through his fans and Mm. i think that's like the the hype beast demographic who will like pay five hundred dollars for a (laughs) t-shirt and so like i think a lot of people might just look at him and copy him and that'll be the extent of his easy home influence Mm. you know i mean like there are other people who are kind of paving their own way similar to kanye is virgil abloh he's the director of off-white and now he's at louis vuitton he who actually did study architecture in chicago Mm. i think he was doing something with ikea yeah and him and ikea were looking towards the younger demographic yeah as opposed to Ikea being sort of like this... Family orientated? It's kind of family orientated. Yeah. But they were developing this, like, I don't know, scheme for, like, the young narcissistic 20-something-year-old, which mm. is an interesting market, and that's... Yeah. <laughs> so going back to saying the collaboration with Ikea, so the director of Off-White and his collaboration yeah. with Ikea, mm. and it's interesting, it still plays to that pack that architecture is glorified because we both know Kanye's dreams of collaborating with Ikea um his tweet saying that I could have so many ideas and want to collaborate with Ikea for in for furniture for interior Mm. for architecture and then Mm. Ikea's response was quite you can say snarky or I think it's a little bit a backhand comment where they gave him this instruction booklet and it was stapling all the beds together to mimic his video uh-huh. of all the celebrities in bed as you mentioned the director mm. of off-white and then kanye i'm so sorry i forgot his name uh-huh. and so the fact that you said the two oh, virgil. yeah virgil yes. yeah the two of them did come from the same similar background and mm. then you see how the reaction towards it mm-hmm. you can still see that there is still that level of i think i would listen to the architect more than this person yeah. who is an architect enthusiast and That's- such that's very true. I, I think I also, even myself, would probably take Virgil Abloh more seriously than yeah. Kanye. Yeah. And that's, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I don't know. I think it's just because of how people have been glorified in the media because we've only seen them through a window of media that 
we can never understand their brains. We can never be there and listen to their conversations with like five architects, mm. et cetera, et cetera. And we don't know like how far they've decided to broaden their horizons in mm. terms of just being exposed to different communities. Mm-hmm. So then I guess it is very clever for IKEA to target the, as you said, narcissistic 20s, mid-20s people mm-hmm. because society it seems like that because that's how people have been portraying themselves in the media lately it mm-hmm. seems to be the trend for like influencers saying that i am successful in my own right and so and you can flaunt as many of these as mm-hmm. you want so mm-hmm. it kind of makes the question whether did architecture suddenly become a very materialistic mm-hmm. type of convention i think that's what people always thought it was mm-hmm. which is kind of troubling mm-hmm. like a lot of the people I talk to assume that the ultimate ambition of my like career choice is to design a pretty home, which it completely isn't. I uh-uh. think architecture should be about service. Uh-huh. But there is a side of luxury that is attached to architecture uh-huh. that is, once again, within the gates that you were talking about beforehand. Yeah. But, I mean, when it comes to like pop culture and influencers and everything I think there is great power in it that I am not really that shy from like if I can mention Le Corbusier to Mm. a friend of mine who is an uh, like Kardashian fan then like I'm not gonna be like oh that's my word you can't use it or something Mm. like yeah yeah I don't know I'm not necessarily afraid of the effects of the Brad Pitt Kanye effect in architecture yeah I think everyone wants to see what what they will do. Yeah. That's why they have columns in Dizine, whether we take them seriously or not. Yeah. They kind of have the power that a lot of architects are, like, always trying to get. Yeah, that is mm-hmm. true. And I think, like, the other aspect of it is that we have to start to accept that architecture isn't just architecture anymore because mm-hmm. you can't tell – this sounds – this may be the wrong way to compare things, but you can't, you shouldn't tell somebody who is not involved in architecture to do architecture when you've seen architects themselves being involved in different types of realms. So, exactly. like, there's this architect who is a comedian himself, mm-hmm. and then you've got architects who are infamously always designing chairs mm-hmm. and shoes mm-hmm. and all. And so, and you've also got a lot of crossovers, like, the reason why the two of us wanted to do architecture was because we initially wanted to style in fashion but got talked into Mm -hmm. studying architecture and so I don't think people should be that precious as you said and Mm -hmm. as well as we have to start accepting that architecture is flooded Mm -hmm. in different parts of the industry and that we have to accept that change is coming Mm -hmm. and we probably sometime in the future our job might not only just be our nine-to-five job of drawing plans and site visits and such Mm -hmm. but it's going to be other things who Mm -hmm. knows so I mean I was listening to a podcast with Oliver Wainwright who's the architecture critic at the Guardian Mm -hmm. when he started he was always so confused as to why architecture is part of the art and design category mm-hmm. in the news section as mm-hmm. opposed to the social, cultural, political, current mm-hmm. affairs side. Not that, like, architecture should always be, like, front page and stuff. No, no, no. Like <laughs> but it actually is interesting why it's kind of regarded just as art and design. I think it's the way we talk about it. Yeah. If we limit it to just shiny objects, beautiful things make us happy, then it's always going to be within the art and design. Yeah. But if we all know, we all know that architecture is a lot more than that. And yeah. as you said before, 
it will continue to be more than that. Yeah. Then we need to speak about it in a way that adds in social and cultural affairs and relationships. Yeah, I agree with you on that. So, and I think that's what they, Brad Pitt and Kanye are trying to do with their homeless shelters. Yeah, but um, I think it's just that they're doing it with the right intentions, but I yes, think for sure. perhaps before jumping right into it, mm-hmm. I think there needed to be a little bit more level of research. So mm-hmm. I know you're going to say that architecture is going to be like, everything needs to be architect, mm-hmm. as Kanye has said. Mm-hmm. But I think there's everything that level of research. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> it's that level of research. Like I think coming to this podcast today, I was a little bit nervous because back of my head was thinking have I done enough research to make mm. us sound more credible as mm. well and then on top of that like even the things that I've been writing about on my blog like they have to be researched because architecture is quite political right and then there's a lot of conversations that happen from it like mm. the scenery like the environments that we're in it's all architecture mm-hmm. and when architecture is also a term used in a lot of other industries like my LinkedIn job searches is always talking about the <laughs> IT architect. Yeah, like strategy architect, IT architect. Yeah. So like, how can they be used with architecture now? If I do, I get sued. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. We can't say that. So I think that's some mm. of the problems that we just kind of have to get off on a high horse about mm. architecture is all this grandiose type of movement mm-hmm. and just start and look at the realities of things. Mm-hmm. Of course, we can't do this over time, like mm-hmm. in one day or in one year, but mm-hmm. it's a conversation that we have to talk about as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I know that we've been, like, I've fallen to the guilty party of, like, being annoyed at renovation shows and such because mm-hmm. I'm like, Yes, you can do things like this, but don't also disregard our industry. Yeah. But at the same time, I think I now need to step back and think, these people know what they're doing and mm-hmm. we can actually learn from them. So, mm-hmm. Do you watch Grand Designs? Did I you cl- did. like, classify Grand Designs as part of the renovation shows? Because mm-hmm. even Grand Designs, I still feel sort of alienated towards... In a weird way. Kind of. I think there was one podcast through Hearing Architecture. They mm-hmm. talked about um, how sometimes the architect is portrayed as the villain, in quotes, mm-hmm. villains of the shows where, like, the architect will say, please do not do this, but the people go against it and then somehow they succeed. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, so where do you exactly position us? And then on top of that, you've got Kevin McLeod, who has been involved in architecture. He did do set designs, but what surprised me was that he studied his career was from lighting designs. Mm-hmm. So I have a lot of mixed feelings about it as well. Mm. I think the thing I would wish Grand Designs would talk about are who were they partnered with mm. as well. So acknowledge not you've, it's great you acknowledge the builders, the workers, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, but please also acknowledge the people who help catalyze the design mm-hmm. so like one of them was called like the golden ratio house and then i looked it up but they only mentioned the design is like the architecture firm in text but not in the show's premise uh-huh. and so i don't know how i feel about that anymore that's a good point like mm. when i walk past the construction site i always try and find that sign where it says it's sort of like a construction safety thing where mm-hmm. it's like building manager this name constructed Mm. by this name contact this name Mm -hmm. there's never like an architect this name it's just that 
how then it begs the question of how do you spread the name of the architects as mm-hmm. well as how do you I don't know how do you promote yourself like are we trying to act humble are we trying to be humble or is there circumstances to actually emphasize that maybe in the world of concept like bringing out concepts and ideas mm-hmm. we are quite powerful mm-hmm. I'm saying this with quotes yeah but in the realities we're really not uh-huh. The one quote that hit me throughout from third year onwards was when Norman Foster said that I have, as an architect, I have no power whatsoever, mm. even if I tried. Mm. And it was about his design, his vision for the new airport in Heathrow. And, like, the government just said, nope. Mm-hmm. And that was quite sad. I don't know how great his design was, mm. but for Foster, um, I've met somebody who has worked with him but Norman Foster does a lot of research and mm-hmm. uh, he inf- like he talks to he communicates with a lot of engineers and such to ensure that it's going to be successful and so I think there's that other layer that makes this conversation quite complex mm-hmm. as well so yeah no I think that's I think that's very true but like also your Norman Foster anecdote I really really wonder what it what his design was mm. Yeah, because we, we can't know that whether is there are a lot of reasons why some projects don't work. Like, mm-hmm. is it because of the capital revenue or is it because we know that the building of it is going to impact the country's economy mm-hmm. quite a bit because it is a public structure and it is built from the taxpayers as well. Mm-hmm. And so there are a lot of layers that we still need to understand because, I don't know, we might be working with a firm that's going to be building, like, a big, important building one day, but... Mm-hmm if we're not willing to open our eyes to the growing complexities of like the finance stuff mm-hmm. then we're never going to be able to build something that is going to be as successful as we would like it to be as well yeah i mean i almost kind of forgot that like architecture now is not really about service it's kind of about like satisfying clients my mom made a comment that i was that's kind of stuck with me like during the bushfire crisis mm. and a lot seeing a lot of the devastation on news and mm. then she was like she was like to me does that mean you'll get a lot of work because a lot of buildings have been damaged and I was like mom that's not how it works no <laughs> it's, it's these communities are not the people that are asking for work because they don't have the resources to yeah. and I just thought that was like really pure and simple to like actually assume that architecture is an industry of service and only service but as you were saying before, it's something that's completely different right now. And a lot of architects acknowledge that. Mm-hmm. Like, Rem Coolhouse, it doesn't really actually like a lot of these buildings. He, he's kind of like, well, I played the system and this is how the system works. Mm-hmm. Like, he was referring to his the three tower thingies. Is that in Rotterdam? Three towers, I think. It's like the stacked it's towers. I, well, I he was saying, like, yeah, there's nothing really spectacular here. It's just this is what it is mm. yeah yeah I th- it's just that how much do we have to give in to at the end of the day because I know even Zaha Hadid when she tried to introduce her world of architecture like her paper architecture mm-hmm. it wasn't recognized until she had to pull some strings so the way she got people to appreciate all of her work was that she staged her architecture drawings like paintings in the mm-hmm. art gallery and she yeah. invited architects to 
truly see mm-hmm. the meanings behind it mm-hmm. before her work was realized. But because I also think she had a rich family. Yeah, that it was like slightly nepotism happened. Yeah. And I mean that's not something bad that like we should discredit her or anything. No. But like very, very difficult to get to a platform where you can get to the power. And I think that boxed her in. So mm-hmm. she wasn't able to grow into other forms and it's kind of true like even I think a lot of even the Japanese architecture the aesthetics and such I think they've kind of been boxed into that form as well because they are known for that minimalism of Mm -hmm. minimalism of course it is part of the culture but I wonder some part of me wonder whether they have other ideas they want to branch in but because of how public would respond to their design Mm -hmm. that it's keeping them held back from wanting mm-hmm. to explore further ideals. Right, like redefining their cultural identity in terms of the architecture they produce. Yeah. I think it's similar with, like, Italy is very hard to find a, an architectural identity for them because they're so bogged down by their classical buildings and all of the beautiful stuff they have yeah. already now. Going back into Kanye's worst terms, mm. Long detour, but we're back here now. So a part of me, that question after his demolition of his prototypes, I want to ask is like, how temporary or how permanent is architecture supposed to be? Mm. So if we're going to be classifying architecture as part of art and design, so on a similar case to how graffiti is being argued that it's supposed to be temporal, Mm. then should architecture be temporal so that it gives an opportunity for other architects to find their identity Mm -hmm. because obviously you can leave a building as an icon and such and it will be like your trophy Mm -hmm. of recognition however what about the other people does that mean that our future is quashed into the interior or is it the digital realm that we may be shifting towards in Mm -hmm. the future Mm -hmm. as well well that's a big question but when i think about the home Mm -hmm. i immediately think well no it shouldn't be temporal because Mm. it's someone's home but then I kind of thought well we're also changing the way we're living so Mm -hmm. maybe it can be I mean and you always hear them say I just want something to last for 10 to 15 years so Mm -hmm. does that mean that's the general lifespan of how you think architecture should be or is it Mm -hmm. because a general occupancy is 10 to 15 years Mm -hmm. because if that's the case in the next vision would drastically change how the original form is going to be intended. Mm-hmm. I mean, for the people of New Orleans who were benefiting from Brad Pitt's Make a Right Foundation, mm-hmm. do you know if it was a donation to them or did they have to buy it? They do have to buy it. So a lot oh. of them are still, like, strongly. So even though it was what they wanted. Yeah. So for context, 109 homes were built and architects who were involved included David A.J., uh, Shigeru Ban and also Frank Gehry. So they were involved. And the one of the things that made this project kind of not so successful was because of its overambition as well as the failing to understand the context and the future of these residents. Mm-hmm. So at that time, while Brad, so Brad Pitt's houses were happening, so there were other charities who were also doing something similar, but because they were actually communicating more frequently with their clients as well as teaching them about the process of home ownership and like how to pay back the mortgages and such, it was more successful. Mm-hmm. Whereas in comparison, those people bought their homes, although it was quite a little bit costly, but it was the repairs that made it harder to pay off the mortgage. So mm-hmm. 
uh, the article that I shared with you from Architectural Digest, like the person got interviewed, she said, I was about to retire, but now I have to keep working to just pay off right. what's happening as well. Um, maybe it's not even Bradford's fault. Like, no, I don't it's know not. who his resources were. And... and I think it's also, it comes down to where the budget was being aligned and at which process he was going to be involved in. So we're not bashing him, mm. essentially. We're just trying to figure out like the future of other people's involvements in process so Mm -hmm. where was the budget being allocated to was it materiality was it the discussion of like the drafting etc etc and I think somewhere in the lines that there was this miscommunication that hasn't made the houses as successful as they would like Mm -hmm. so I think one of them was that they supplied materials that they realized were a little bit faulty two years into the whole construction Mm -hmm. of things and that's quite problematic if Mm -hmm. that means that there wasn't enough budget to go into researching what suitable materials to make this house happening Mm -hmm. happen perhaps they were doing it in a rush because these people do need a home Mm -hmm. i won't partially blame them for that Mm -hmm. but i think there is then it starts opening our eyes it's like okay then we now know in future if we're going to be having these disaster relief type projects Mm -hmm. we need to remove this beautiful layer of giving somebody a home Mm -hmm. and then start from like okay how are your finances and such yeah because our industry unfortunately does kind of come down to money as the main source of power because budget mm-hmm. always dictate dictates how far we're going to go into for a project mm-hmm. mm. yeah i mean even ourselves we haven't figured out everything i feel like every year there's, there's just something that like we now have to change because it's not, it's not acceptable mm-hmm. whether it's like the amendments to like what type of materials we're allowed to use it's a very hard task it is it's a laborious task and the other thing that people need to realize is that you can start off into the design industry with small objects but when you go large in scale and when it becomes more permanent there are there are more things that you have to learn about so mm-hmm. like Brad Pitt did furniture and such, which is fine. I don't mm-hmm. have issues with that because furniture is transportable mm-hmm. and your cost production may not be as drastic as the house. Or, and then, like, looking at Kanye, I think he was clever that he built an empire through his small merchandises and his mm-hmm. clothing that he has enough funding to prevent any accidents from, like, being really bad mm-hmm. as well. So I think that's also probably one of the reasons why he had this homeless shelter was to just see what were the reactions going to be mm-hmm. before he tests bigger right. strategies as well. Right. So I know I should not give him the time of the day, as my mom has said, but it's just that it's a really addictive research when you start looking into it. So Is that what your mom said? Yeah, she said, can you please stop? Because I could not stop talking about it. I'm just oh. like... How did he become this big? And I did not realize he was very ingrained into that uh-huh. community for a long time. Yeah, I think it's just tr- pretty much just trying to put it under his belt as something that he can say he's ventured out into. Mm. And it's his God complex. Yeah, I thought it was you it's were like 100% say that. his God complex. <laughs> yeah, narcissism as its finest. Mm-hmm. But. Anyhow, I guess to close off our discussion today, because this can go off into a long tangent as Mm -hmm. much as I'd love Mm -hmm. to continue on. But I think ultimately, one of the biggest lessons for us right now is to understand that there are potential risks of glorifying architecture, yeah, as well as unconsciously we have been gatekeeping 
uh-huh. a lot of people from understanding our field as well because I think I in the past probably I was very cocky yeah and naive that I was just thinking like oh you don't know anything you don't understand complexities uh-huh. and such so we have to start realizing that we need to be a little bit more open to people mm-hmm. so start off little by little and then eventually just know how to be open to people don't underestimate people no. like architecture is an industry that's very related to the way we live our lives and mm-hmm. everyone's out living their lives doing mm-hmm. their best so yeah, yeah it's a quality of living uh-huh. as well so any closing comments from you today no i'm good <laughs> <laughs> oh anyhow thanks for joining me again no worries happy to be here yeah hopefully we'll see you another time yes but us. as always leave us a comment and what are your opinions on this easy homes situation please do i want to hear yeah. mostly from your mom <laughs> <laughs> yeah i would love to do that too well burning house we'll see you soon for another episode in the meantime bye